I'm Michelle Olivier, and you're listening to Hey, I Want Your Job, the podcast that looks at amazing jobs and what it takes to get them. Hi, and welcome to Hey, I Want Your Job. And today I have Bree who has an amazing job that is oft misunderstood. So we are here to talk to her to get some clarification. Bree, honey, what is your job title? I am the creative director for a national staffing company. And so when people hear creative director, they think you work in animation or film. Yes. Or at least in something super artsy fartsy, maybe like hip and cool product design. Like you work for, like, I think your example was Oakley's, but maybe like Vans or something cool. They don't think, oh yes, staffing companies, of course they have a creative director. So what does the creative director for a staffing company do? I know when we met at a networking event and I, and you were like, oh, you must be looking for a job. That sounds pretty boring. And I was like, actually, no, it's I'm really worst. fun. No, no. And I, and so I talk your ear off for a minute and you're like, you got to come on my show. That made, you made it sound so much more glamorous than what my original thought was. But so, yes, I do. I work at a national staffing company and we have five different business lines specializing in different core competencies of, of the kinds of people we hire for for temporary and direct hire. So that's really like we're working for five different companies plus our own corporate office. And even though they share materials and, and we share uh, knowledge between the, the five of them, six really, it's, it's a variety of stuff that we have to create. So perfect personally for my role, I work on brand identity and the graphic design of, and I also manage the creative team. So that would include graphic design, social media, and uh, web design. And personally, day to day, I will work on a variety of uh, marketing assets like brochures, ebooks, infographics, postcards, flyers, stationery trade show events, the banners there, promotional gifts, and yeah, all kinds of little, you know. You are the swag maker. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. And, and now I'm work... interested. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll, I'll, let me preface it saying I work with a great group of people, eight, eight, eight other people in the department. So I'm do not doing this alone, but so I manage the creative team and work closely with them on all the concepts and, and the strategy. And then I, that's all external. And then we also have a hub, another section of marketing that m m some marketing departments will not do this, but we also touch all the internal communications as well. So, you know, from forums and, and manuals and memos and town halls and some training PowerPoints. So we kind of touch anything that needs uh, a brand or a statement or a message. And then personally, I also will help with like, you know, photography selection. And then like in the branches, we have logo signage, wall art, glass decals, all, you know, so I'm helping design those items as well. And lately a lot more 
analytical polling. And we do a salary guide. Most staffing companies put out salary guides. So that, that includes a lot of data polling and analytic information on an industry like uh, finance and accounting and that kind of thing. So yeah, so our business lines, we do have ultimate staffing and that is here in Austin. So I have to give them a plug. We do have a branch here and then legend finance and accounting, legend technology, Adams Martin group, which does our legal staffing and then about talent, which is our strategic stuff. So really it's a I do everything. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like we only work at one small company, but it feels like we have different clientele and, and different needs, but we all work together to create one brand, which is Roth staffing. So, yeah. so that was a very thorough answer. And I really appreciate it because I think that that gives like a really actually good impression of what this job is. That is people think that it is a bunch of different things that it is definitively not. So that is fantastic. Who do you report to? I report to the vice president of marketing. So yeah, okay. uh, and then she, yeah, so it's a it's a not a huge hierarchy mm -hmm. for the company, which is great. And I work with and and email and and we to the seat right to the CEO often and to the all the senior leadership team. So it feels like. We, we all have a great working relationship where we can all get a hold of each other and get direct feedback. So one of the questions that I get a lot from people who, because I don't know what it is, but recently, like everybody thinks that they want to be in marketing and creative and they're like, I can market. And you're like, Hey friend, the fact that you have an Insta account does not mean that you're a social media expert. Let me just like, right. If yeah. you do not understand the concept of AB testing, this is not for you. <sighs> um, so I get asked a lot, and so I would love to hear your explanation because it'll probably be infinitely better than mine. How would you explain the difference between a creative director and a marketing director? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I I feel like as a marketing director, you really need to know a lot more about the business aspect of it. I am fortunate in my opinion that I get to focus on the brand identity and the look and feel more than I have to worry about analytics. Did we, what was the return on investment? You know, what's our annual spend? What what's our target audience? How, you know, how much can we invest in this or that? So it's a little bit less of the business side and more of the external appearance and ju just the right messaging. I mean, being aware of your audience and what's working and that kind of thing. So I get to be more on the creative line of strategy than the business side, I would say. That is a great and very reassuring answer because that's very similar to what I say, that the creative director is the one that handles like look and feel and the creative stuff. The marketing director sets the business vision and mm -hmm. matches the business needs. So yeah, yeah, I got that one right. <laughs> but um, I was glad to hear that um, from you as well. So within that, one of the things that I am really passionate about when I work with all of my clients is candidate experience and employer branding. And that is, that's very different from, I think, organizational branding, right? That like, when you're talking about company branding, you're talking about 
more advertising of services and that sort of thing. Whereas employer branding is like, who are we as a people to work for? I know that that is obviously you're in staffing. So the entire idea is come work for us. Yes. Um, so the service you're selling is literally come work with us. How do you as a creative director, like how do you facilitate those conversations around cre finding ways to reflect in image, in content, et cetera, the idea of being a good place to work and, and a good company? Like how, what is that process look like for you? How do you, how do you achieve that? Well, definitely with our company, our biggest differentiator, and it's in every meeting and every conversation we have is uh, our company culture. And so that is what we sell not to every asset, to every audience. So whether we're trying to recruit internally and hire more recruiters to work at our branches, or whether we're trying to recruit temporary employees to work as ambassadors, or the clients, we're also trying to bring them in based off of our knowledge of culture. So there's so much of every single town hall, every communication is all about building a best place to work. So we put out tons of content marketing materials for our business uh, customers to use in their own companies. How do I build employee engagement? What, what does DEI look like? You know, how do I handle different generations uh, in the workplace? What are some benef major benefits that people are looking for other than just monetary? So all of our content is free and, and it's all about building authenticity because we've done it at our company successfully. So now we want to help you do it at your company. And it kind of sells itself. Like the, you know, the ambassadors, the temporary employees are trying to hire. They see that there's a bigger culture to join and we try to bring them into that as well. You know, but our, our customers are constantly using our materials to help. Uh, how do they build that whole program? How do they, what do they do for social awareness? You know, so we put out, we do what we, you know, preach so, so that we become experts at it. And then, you know, when we win all these awards for best places to work in, you know, best well, in staff. It's just, you know, our trophy shelf is so full. It's really more of an irritant at this point. I got, yeah. I got to design the whole <laughs> trophy wall, actually. And that was really fun. It was all the logos that we've won in a big wall graphic and then shelves for the different uh, trophies and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it brings a lot of pride into the role and the company, but that's, that is our differentiator. So that's, a, that's a constant conversation that we're having. It's how to attract based off, based off of employee engagement. So. so that's really interesting. I was on a panel yesterday and we were talking about mental health in the workplace mm -hmm. and that how increasingly right now for candidates that they want to go somewhere that is going to respect work-life balance mm -hmm. and is going to treat mental health as health. And we were talking about how do employers do that? And I, of course, shut off my mouth. <laughs> I know you're surprised, <laughs> <What>? right? <laughs> what were the odds of that? And I said that I really hate, and I think everybody does, these perfectly posed, perfect, like, skin rainbow photos that you have for every, like, 
freaking company out there. We're like, oh, look, all of the perfect shades of brown, all standing arm in arm, clearly singing Kumbaya in front of our company headquarters and smiling with thumbs up. Yes. And I'm like, nobody looks at that picture and goes, now that's a great company to go work for. Like, it's just not, I think when you were talking about like this whole coming from a genuine place, being authentic in Mm -hmm. what you're presenting in terms of what you're selling. I think that's so important. And that perfect like skin rainbow photo is not authentic and everybody knows it. One of the things that I was saying that I find is more genuine and a way better sell is to, and I would love your thoughts on Michelle, this is a terrible idea and here's 15 reasons why, that to have current employees talking about when things went wrong, Mm -hmm. either at work or in their personal life and what the company did to help. So rather than all of these, I've been at XYZ Corp for 15 years. I have grown steadily up the ranks and have enjoyed every second. All of my managers have been so supportive. Like nobody believes that. Like everybody has a bad day, right? Mm -hmm. So I would rather have testimonials of like, hey, I had a really hard period two years ago where I went through cancer and the company was amazing and they offered me, you know, in addition to the usual FEMLA, they were there and they were supportive and I felt my, like I came back to the same role and like to talk about what that was or, you know, have a dad be like, I just came back from 14 weeks of paid paternity leave and nobody, like everybody's been really supportive and I love it. And, you know, I think those kind of stories mm-hmm. Or even one where an employee was like, yeah, when I first joined the company, the position I was in was a really bad fit for me. And I wasn't sure how long I was going to last. And I had a really honest conversation with my manager. They moved me to a different area. And now I've been here five years and I love it. That's the story that I want to hear to make me work there. Talk to me about good and bad parts of my idea and, and why that would work and why it wouldn't and why companies don't do it. I, yeah. And and I agree with you. We, we do use, you know, the various stock photo options, you know, to download and you see the exact same ones on every, I get them in the flyer in the mail. I'm like, Oh, we, we use that photo before or whatever. So uh, we we have the same stock image account. Yes, exactly. I know. (laughs) And it, 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 we do try to use real images on our websites as much as possible without you know, obviously things have to, images need to be updated if people leave and it it was contentious or whatever. So that's something that it's a good balance of, we try to sprinkle in as much real stuff. So like under work for us on our website, it's all about Roth recess. (laughs) So we have this whole, we ask our coworkers to either do a push-up challenge or, you know, we get them all engaged even virtually now. So we try to use all those images on our website and obviously on our Instagram so that it shows we're not posting a, a, a Getty generic stock image of people having fun at work or playing ping pong. I mean, it's real imagery, but it, going to, you know, you're a topic of trying to make things real and show how things have gotten better. That's a huge push and it's a, a huge topic for us to l- go ahead. And if something bad happened, the response time 
and how you solved it actually builds better engagement than if nothing bad had ever happened. All of our surveys that we go that go out to our temporary employees and our clients show that anybody who had a problem with their paycheck or with an ambassador came to work, if we solved that, they're actually way more impressed with our company and give way better scores than if everything kind of went according to plan and there wasn't really any problems at all. So problem resolution time has always been a huge focus on our with our company's goals. So I, I think that lends itself to show, hey, we're going to mess up. This is a people business. Nothing is scientific about it. People don't show up when they say they're going to. There's always going to be a, a possible issue. And how do you resolve it says more about your company than how did you keep it from happening altogether. And I think, I think that that is so true that what I always say that it's not, it's not about not screwing up because everybody screws up. It's mm -hmm. about what do you do when that happens? And there are so, so, so many companies that don't have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And they don't have the, like, and, and now what, right? So, yeah, I completely, completely agree that, like, focusing on those things is actually, I think, better. It's, it feels more genuine. It feels more real. And I think that people are increasingly savvy about that and that, mm -hmm. you know, for me, that's, that's always one of the things I tell my clients is be genuine. And I hate when clients try to talk around things, like, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you work on that with messaging for your organization? Cause I think that I've never known an organization that doesn't fall into that trap at least once, right? Where they're like, you read their job descriptions or you read their about us and they're like, blah, 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 words, 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 word salad words. And then you're like, so all of this is just to say we're nice. Why don't we just say we're not, I, I don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. They're like, we provide a caring and supportive environment where we encourage individualistic behaviors while maintaining a cohesive co feel mm -hmm. and culture that people can really feel like they're part of. And Da, 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 da. So yes, you have to have actionable items to go with the words you say. I mean, it, it, you try your your best to to come up with every solution to every problem. You're never going to be able to do that. You, we, I mean, our, for our company, for example, if if something didn't go according to plan when you send someone out on assignment, we we have a 125 percent money back guarantee that any time that they work plus 25%, we will refund you if they didn't live up to the expectations that we said that they would or whatever. But I, there's, there's no way to always think of every solution that's going to happen in a people business. But I agree with you that messaging just can't be nice, shiny words. Like we, you know, we, we try and bring in everyone into the conversation. If we're doing asking, we obviously we do feedback, you know, and surveys and that kind of thing, but it's also what's important to you right now, getting people involved on social media to share their viewpoints, try, just trying to be as authentic as possible and not just put the shiny, glossy people on everything. Okay. So you said you're in charge of social media. Does that mean you're like 
the Wendy's Twitter person equivalent for your organization? Because can I just say, I do I... think that smart ass replies to random tweets, that could be my new job, Brie. I feel like if this whole ONH thing doesn't pan out, the new Wendy's Twitter person, boom, this oh, right here. Man, I, I, I really do wish I was able to do that. We do take a more conservative approach on social media. I, I'm not the only one in charge of social media. I manage the social um, media specialists, but we work with, you know, the brand, the online brand manager, and obviously the VP of marketing. And we all come up with the strategy and the marketing plan of what we're going to roll out each month. A lot of our social is based off of uh, social awareness and quality. And it, it's not just services, services, services. It's sure. really about we're in the people business. So that means Every part of a person's life is, is, you know, going to be affected by their job. So it's their livelihood. So, you know, it, that's what I like about the industry I'm in designing for the industry I'm in is it's, it's, it's someone's livelihood. And so it's super emotional. And, and so then you become passionate about getting people employment. And I know you feel this way because you're in this role, right? As well. It, it's such a good feeling to know that you're part of making someone's life better by finding them the perfect role. And so anyway, it, I, it, that all trickles down into even your online brand is, you, you know, what people are going through. And like you mentioned, mental health, you know, that's, that's a huge initiative for our company as well making sure people are mentally handling the climate that we're in right now and being cognizant to what people's struggles are uh, with childcare and health and their feelings on the workplace. And so a, a lot of our marketing is about addressing those and asking polls and questions and providing a lot of like eBooks and, and infographics about those topics so that they feel they're supported in their feelings about it, you know? So we put a, put out a lot of content marketing about that. And like we, our company has like the Calm subscription and app, active, oh gosh, I'm saying that wrong, but a workout app and that kind of thing so that we can stay mentally healthy as we're working as well. So. That's very cool. Um, I think one of the things you mentioned is about like, we are much more conservative brand. And I just think, so this is an interesting moment mm -hmm. from like a corporate branding. I feel like, and this is your space. So tell me if I am totally freaking wrong. I often am, but I feel like we are at this precipice of change about what people are looking for and expecting from a professional branding that historically brands that had very professional buttoned up kind of mm -hmm. approach were trusted and those were the safe places you know those were the 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 real job kind of vibe and that now we're in this place where nobody wants to work those places mm -hmm. we want the wendy's twitter guy right like we want that's what we want right is we want places that have a sense of humor mm -hmm. that have a that have a a vibe and a a clear like who the hell are you kind of feel to them. Not everybody's funny. Not everybody want to work wants to work with smart asses. I have learned this, Brie, because believe it or not, not everybody wants to work with me, which 
obviously wrong. What? <laughs> what were they thinking? But I would say that, you know, that I see that shift and I've been trying to educate some of my clients like, hey, if your color scheme is still gray and gray and like the jazziest you get are a couple of like 1980s triangles, uh-huh. you are not a destination employer. Like that's not the kind of, that's not what sells to people today. Am I, am I giving bad advice? Am I wrong on this? What's, what's your thought? No, no, you're not wrong at all. And I think um, the staffing industry has been slow to modernize. So there's still a lot of 1980s corporate feel to uh, a, a lot of it. And that's hard to attract candidates in this market. I mean, you're running up against so many issues when you're trying to uh, attract top talent in this market because, you know, first of all, half of them don't know what staffing is. Like, do I have to pay? Do I, you know, who who am I paying to get this job? Why do they, why can't I just go work for the company? They don't understand the process. So the first part is just informational about, you know, what a staffing company is, but then why this one, right? And why, what sets you apart from like 17,000 different staffing companies, I think in the United States. So yeah, so a lot of it goes back to us showing that the culture that you're part of, because as a temporary employee, you are our employee. So it, you, you know, we not, might not get to work with you in the corporate office, but you are going out and representing us and Roth staffing on assignments. So you, you, we need to make sure that they're part of that fun culture and environment and they're feeling it. So, you know, that's all an issue and a, a goal is to make them feel like they're, they're part of us and not just part of, we want them to fit in with where they're working, but we also want them to know that they're still, we're, we're their family too. So, so yeah, the staffing, a lot of staffing companies you go to are, are still really stuck in that business centric design. I feel like we're lucky in that we keep evolving and our, our, I feel like our brand is one of lots of color, lots of fresh, trendy, you know, design aspects. And when you show real people in the office doing real things, it, it doesn't look fake and uh, glossy, you know? So, and, and on top of that, I think, I feel like our company has been one of the First, we were, we were, you know, into social awareness a lot earlier than what some others are getting, they're getting there in the, in our industry. But from the day our company started the mission, vision values, and then I know it sounds cheesy. It sounds like Kool-Aid, but that truly was what they started with was what is our mission, vision values. And one of them, you know, is about respecting the dignity and worth of every individual. That has been our key driver for years before George Floyd, before, you know, before there was a more woke approach to online marketing. We have been part of that discussion from the beginning. But then I have to ask, it is Native American Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. What are you doing for us? 
Yes. You know what? We just had our strategy meeting yesterday about it. We hired and we're excited because we hired a new DEI director just four days ago. So we brought her in to, yes, to, you know, marketing and HR have been handling a lot of those discussions and, and and how to, how to accurately and, and professionally roll these different initiatives out. But we're so excited to have like an, a true expert coming into our company to get us even to the next level. And so our meeting was all about how do we make it fair, real, and actionable for every group that we're trying to um, represent in our demographic of co- co-workers and ambassadors and, and even our clients. How can we make them feel that we're uh, recognizing them? So we're trying to come up with something that is that, and that's literally what we were talking about is how do we make it fair enough so that no one group feels like they were left out of the conversation, but what can we also handle, you know, for every group? Because that's a lot of work. We, we, you know, we try to video and film like for, you know, Black History Month, it was, you know, we went to out to our, our Black community and our allies asked for video testimonials of their thoughts and what's important to them, p- p- produced all those, you know, so that takes time release them on social. We have awareness and perspectives newsletter that goes out monthly that talks about whatever group maybe is highlighting that month. Quotes from allies. We ask for, uh, we post book recommendations. So that is a whole set of marketing that we're doing. That's not even targeting our sales initiatives, right? right. Our, so but, but that's what I love about the role is that it's not just like revenue, revenue, revenue. How can we hit all-time highs, which we are doing also. We're hitting all-time highs even after in this new market of remote work. We're making it work. But it's also about how are we building a community that is respectful of everyone that we're hiring and bringing in and, you know, you know, from within every group, we're making sure that we're making trying to make, trying, right? You can never be perfect, but you're trying to make sure that you're representing everyone and uh, making them feel included. So, so not answering as a, a representative of your organization, just as you, Brie, who, you know, is a smart person and been around a couple of blocks with all of this. <laughs> I feel like Native American History Month, Heritage Month, whatever the hell we are. I just feel like we have a PR issue, right? Like, for Black History Month, th- you see all the stuff that you just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see the recordings and like the testimonials and people change their corporate logo to the month for something that's empowering. Pride, everybody is a rainbow. Rainbow for you and for you and for you. For Native American Heritage Month, we get maybe a memo. Yes. As like this distant afterthought. Women's History Month, right? You see all of this women empowerment, et cetera. So why do you think that I have some thoughts, but I have a lot of bias because I mean, you know, as the group in question. (laughs) Yeah, no, we need your feedback because that was literally what we were trying to figure out yesterday is. Who do we know that's Native? (laughs) So yes, how do you, how do you ask for coworker engagement 
and not just start going, Hey, or do you have any native American blood in you? Like it's, it's, it, everything that you do has to have coworker involvement. And so we were just talking about how we need to have a, a better forum for asking for, and we, we, and we do, we have a new internet and we have a DEI platform where all our social groups are led by coworkers. We have a Latinx group, a Asian group, a black group, you know, so they all come together and, and anyone's invited and we, they post uh, stories and comments and dialogue and try and get the discussion going. But that's the, the Native American group is one we're having trouble with because, you know, it's a small population. There's very, very Those small like, population. Like it's for effective brief. I don't know. Oh my God. Done. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> freaking Columbus. No, yeah, it, that, that is a tougher group. And we literally are still working on how, wh wh what quotes can we pull and what, what feedback can we get from our coworkers to make it as meaningful and, and show that we were trying as hard as, as we were with every other group to get coworker involvement. But yeah, it, it does come back to, you can't force people to be involved in your marketing initiatives or, or to comment. And you certainly, it's not helpful to go, Hey, I, you know, obviously like with you pride month that, that involves them coming to you. It's not something that it's appropriate to say, I heard you were right. So it, it only works if coworkers feel in, that they want to be involved. Luckily our company, this is, this has been a huge initiative for us for a long time. So I, I know that they all feel comfortable coming forward and giving some stories or feedback and that kind of thing. But I will definitely come to you for more ideas because that we are working on that as we speak. <laughs> so I think personally that part of our problem is that like we're the one that doesn't have a clear color scheme. Like I know that sounds dumb, but I think that sometimes it can be that simple. Mm -hmm. that, like Black Heritage Month, there's a clear color scheme there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody knows that Pride Month is all about the rainbows. For Women's History Month, you get a lot of pinks, right? Yeah. And then Native Americans, they're just like, I don't even what what the hell color is that? I don't know. Right. Yeah. And so I think you have that. I think that there is because it is celebrating a myriad of cultures. Mm -hmm. So like my sister, who you would think would be sensitive to this topic uh -huh. is a teacher. And I was like, so native chick, what are you doing in your classroom for native American history month, heritage month? And she's like, I'm a math teacher. I feel like that's social studies problem. I was like, are you kidding me right now? And she was like, okay, miss. I know everything about our people, which like that is so far from true. But <laughs> I was like, I mean, well, you could start with the fact that the zero was introduced to Western culture by the, from the Mayans. So that is yeah. such a good point. I love that idea. I she hope she like, uses it. Yeah, she's like, damn it, <laughs> well, easy one. Okay, fine. Mayan lesson, right? And so, like, I feel like there's always ways that, like, that you can incorporate them. But I do think that it. It's like how when I rail against resumes, right? And mm -hmm. I say, like, I would prove to you historically, modernly, all the ways that a resume is a fundamentally, inherently racist tool. And that if you use resumes in your hiring process, you are 
predicating all of your hiring on a racist tool. And people are like, oh shit, I don't want to be that guy, right? And like they, they listen and they're like, oh my God, you're totally right. But then when they're like, so what do we do instead? I'm like, well, that's complicated. And then like, you know, I have to talk them through a very complicated process. And they're like, I was with you until it got complicated. Mm-hmm. And like, and I feel like that's, that's part of it, right? That like, okay, Native Americans, yeah, Rob, we should be great. We, you know, the, we don't treat them well, including today. What are things that we can do? But at the same time, like, it's not, there's not a really easy answer. Yeah. So the kind of tokenism and simple gestures that you see that on the one hand, DEI people complain about that mm-hmm. all you get is yeah. a rainbow logo for a month of June, right. right? Without any real change. We don't even give you those options. Yeah. We just get nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, that, it, Brie. I, <laughs> I, I honestly All don't. my problems. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, what I would love to do is have you co- come in and speak with our marketing department about some of those and, and our DI director about some of those ideas, because I feel like getting external, you know, feedback is sometimes so helpful because we're only, sometimes we're limited by the amount of feedback we get back from our, our our coworkers. And if we don't have enough demographic of that to fully represent ideas, I mean, I'm very excited to have a a, a new DEI director to join us because that's going to give us insight that we didn't have previously. But I do feel like the more you can ask, then survey your customers on, on what's important to them and bring them in for, you know, even in marketing, we try and do like an expert of the month kind of meeting where we bring in somebody who's knowledgeable about either, you know, a business line or an industry or something like that and get them talking, that spurs new ideas on how we can incorporate that into what we do for marketing. So I feel, I feel like what we're lacking right now is enough feedback to, you know, pick the brain of, of that demographic and be able to fully represent them correctly. And that is, it's just so funny you brought that up because that's literally what we were talking about <laughs> just yesterday. So I heard we need a color scheme and then we need to be noisier. Uh-huh. Um, about like, <laughs> we're here, we're here, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, somebody from my church the other day, we were on a call and she said something about, oh my God, I just found out that the land that we live on used to be, this used to be Comanche land and that this is where the Comanches used to live. And I was like, and some of us still do. And she was <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is that your, is that your, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, the schools I feel like here do a, a good job with Native American history, at least from what I'm seeing my, my kids bring home, but obviously Texas has a long history of issues, but I'm seeing better stuff come out of the schools from what I'm seeing in Austin. I will just say that I still every year have to talk to the schools about Thanksgiving plays and crafts. Oh, yes. I mean, every grammar, year. yeah, elementary, that's still a struggle. Hopefully they're, they're catching on. I see uh, my kids are a little older now, so they're a little more in depth and seeing, yeah. seeing more, yeah, different sides yep. <laughs> of the issue. And we still have any number of local schools whose mascots are the Braves. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, we're we're still your mascots. Well, luckily, I don't have to design or market. No, you don't have any of those problems. <laughs> None of that is your fault, Brie. No, no, you're off the hook. So I want to talk about something that we haven't talked about before in this conversation, but that I am fascinated about as a phenomenon. My husband and I famously, we have certain phrases we say at each other all the time, right? Like when we're complaining about our horrible children and we'll be like, have two, they say. They'll play amongst themselves, they say. They say. <laughs> right? And yet here they are being horrible. One of the ones that we say is, because it has come up so many times in our lives, et cetera, is there's always a girl in marketing. Uh-huh. And it's like, there's, but there's this, there is a cultural stereotype trope about the girl in marketing. Yes. And it's not very flattering. Yes. And it's pervasive enough that even in my relatively PC household, as I just said, it gets used. So talk to me about this. First of all, have you, have you felt and experienced that at some point in your career? Not necessarily mm -hmm. now. Obviously, now you're like the head chicken charge, so you don't have to deal with that kind of crap. But you, didn't all, you weren't always there. So yeah. have, you, have you had that experience or engagement before? Like, oh, you're the girl in marketing. All right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely so many. It, it, it is a heavily female-dominated role. And I, I'm not sure what the basis of that really comes from. But even in our own uh, company, we were 100% uh, female from like, I want to say 2008 till just this year, we hired uh, a male sales writer. And that was not because we only liked women. It was because we were only, we were getting a predominantly can, you know, female candidate applying. So, and so that does affect the way you market, obviously, sure. first of all, it, it just having, not having an equal a demographic thinking about your marketing uh, message, it's, it's going to play into the look and feel of marketing. But I, I but I, I feel like it's going to start changing a little bit in terms of getting more men interested in marketing because I, I, you know, tech has the opposite issue, right? Yeah. Exactly opposite. Last stat I pulled 73% or so. So ridiculously overwhelming. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. And you know, I think women are seen as, I, I think the whole concept of girl in marketing comes from this idea that we make things pretty and we run events and think of all the little details and we act in somewhat of a service capacity to a sales executive. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you, there is uh, the customer brand that you need to worry about the touch points of the customer brand and engagement at all levels. So uh, the way you, the way a company's marketing materials look, the way the event is run and handled and the service of those marketing people at those events, for example, all play into the customer's engagement. However, I think that there's, you know, as you start to go up the chain, there's just this natural progression of what you need to take over. And it becomes more about, you know, the, the budget and the analytics and sitting in sales meetings and sales goals. And, and so you start to just become elevated from that as you go up. And 
you know, for me, I grapple with as the team gets bigger or as you go up that ladder, you end up doing less of a thing you're passionate about, which is like graphic design. So, you know, the more people who are reporting to me and working on the, the, the design itself, the more I'm answering questions, you know, analyzing the strategy, you know, being on email, it's not the fun part. It, you know, you start to end up having to decide between rank, pay, and title versus fun, creativity, you know, camaraderie between the the design team and stuff. So that's just, that's one of the issues I think that women deal with as they move up in a marketing role. All, and then going back to what I was saying about the tech, I, I feel like we're going to start to see a lot more of tech and marketing overlapping. I mean, it's happening already. I think marketing girls are going to see how important the technology of SEO, customer journey, cl client management systems, and asset management systems are and start to go down that path and infiltrate the tech teams and vice versa, because as these men are learning these, you know, Salesforce initiatives and seeing how they can automate, you know, and automate the marketing strategy, we're going to see more men coming into marketing. So I think as time goes on, there will be less of that stigma of, you know, and anytime you get a huge group of girls together, there's this just, I mean, mean girls movie, right? You start mm -hmm. to think it's catty and bitchy and, you know, I'm so fortunate that has never, ever happened to me in any of the, the companies that I've done design for. We, we've all worked really great together and been super good friends. I think what I notice more for me personally as being an issue is not the gender roles, but the age discrimination. Because I, as you get older and you've been doing design longer and longer, there just starts to be this impression that your designs aren't fresh, you know, that you don't have new ideas, you, that you haven't done new stuff on TikTok and you're, you know, like you just start to become set in your ways. And that would be, that's going to be my biggest concern as, as I continue to age, I, I wouldn't want to be looking right now for new employment. And, and as I get older, it would be even more of a concern because I've seen it happen to yeah. people who are super qualified that I know, you know, who are struggling to find just then a basic graphic design role after having worked a long time as a director, because they are just seen as, well, they're just coming out of school. They've got this fresh portfolio, you know, it, 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 that's. A they understand the Gen Z's on the TikTok yet. No, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's interesting. And I think that I like that what you talked about, like that the roots of marketing come from this whole, like being the assistant to the salesman kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I think that I wonder if that's where the more, negative and more misogynistic kind of parts that go with the the girl in marketing right the like the stereotypes of being vapid and promiscuous mm -hmm. and you know super gossipy like right like that's that's that whole stereotype of the girl in marketing is that and so I think that maybe the the misogyny that comes from having been that in that assistant position 
which because you see here the same thing and like we've seen the same thing a thousand times about secretaries previously yes. right that like secretaries were easy on the eye and not very bright and like super cat like all of those like just out to catch a man kind of we've yes. all seen those movies right mm -hmm. like a, a thousand times and so i think i think that that's really insightful as a place that like that that comes from yeah and i hope that you're right that as we as marketing becomes more integrated with other areas and we all get a little bit smarter about how we talk and think about each other, that maybe we start to, to frame that differently. So yeah. I think even in the, I mean, cause we're also a sales organization and you see that with saleswomen as well, or real estate, anywhere where you feel like a woman is representing the company we expect them to look and, and present themselves in a certain way. Then all of a sudden, if you're pretty, then you're just there to service and greet. And I, I definitely know that that still happens. I, I look, I, and, and I don't know the, what the answer is, but I do know, definitely look for when you're applying for positions, read those glass doors, see how they treat their employees, that goes such a long way to knowing that you'll be respected. I mean, I know that like our company is 70% women, I think. And uh, a majority of that is also in the executive, you know, the, the strategic and the executive level. So you, you, if you go to a company's website and they are showing you that the stats and they're showing, you know, they're showing you that they've won best place for women awards or that kind of thing, that will give you some relief. I think that you'll be taking, taken seriously, but it's still, it's still an ongoing issue of just yeah. um, the, the way you're read. If, if you're in a entry level position and you're pretty and you're helpful, all of a sudden you're seen as just in a service role there yep. to do whatever bidding that they, they need. I, I don't, yeah. I don't see that at our company, but it's definitely still an issue, especially in the, in the sales and staffing industry. I mean, there's plenty of articles about, you know, how you look, uh, when you're selling, you know, is, is all taken into account and how do you, how do you go, you know, around that and, and beat it and, and prove that that's not at all important. So yeah, I, I know it is an ongoing issue, but I, I don't feel that personally in, in the roles that I've been in. Good. I am glad that you don't feel it personally. <laughs> and I think that that was, I think that was a, a helpful kind of discussion and way of framing it. So I want to double back to, we've, we've talked about the TikTok a few times now. So we do, we're running out of time, but I, I would be remiss if I did mm -hmm. not ask the creative director, social media is where everything happens now. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, what, okay. First question, what do you think is the most overrated social media platform for advertising uh, for an organization? Mm. Well, you know, what's funny is I, I just read a, a blog, HubSpot put out an ebook about the state of marketing in 2022. And I was surprised to see that most companies see Instagram as their biggest revenue uh, generator, which we don't advertise on Instagram at all, but we do 
uh, do a lot of, that's where we do all our culture, you know, branding. So we focus in, in the staffing industry on LinkedIn exclusively. I uh, think LinkedIn is the number one, most overrated uh, place to spend your, your creative dollars personally. And uh-huh. I am not the expert that you are, but that is, that's my, that would be my answer to that one. I, I have some, uh, my, some of my best friends work at LinkedIn and I appreciate the, the platform for it's uh, being able to help people, job seekers. It, it really is. And I have my, my husband is going through the job searching process and it's the easiest way to look for jobs. I live far. on freaking LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not slagging off the platform. I'm yeah. just saying that I feel like their ROI for advertising dollars vastly overrated uh-huh. that or Facebook ads for services on Facebook. Yeah. I think that people buy stuff on Facebook, not, nobody's gonna not buy services. No, no, not at all. So where do you think, what is your predictor for where is going to be the it place for social media in the next, in the next round? Is it, are we all moving to TikTok? Is that, is that it? We're just, we are just in videos to each other on the TikTok. Videos, videos is where it's at. Every survey or every marketing a- analytical report that comes out says videos are where it's at. It's all about what though are people wanting to watch about business to business or, bi- you know, it's, it's hard to create engaging. Hard to be jazzy on yeah. some shit people don't care about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I yeah. mean, we, we really try and concentrate more on uh, email, having the, the right customer journey, like what's important to them it, as a prospect, what's important to them now that they're, they've started using staffing and sending them the correct email messaging that way. And that's really where our company focuses most of it. We're not huge advertisers. And that's something that I actually really want to get more into and push our company to do because we always say we're like, we're the little guy that the big guys know about. <laughs> so we're not anywhere near the size of a Ronstadt or, you know, uh, a Robert Half. A Deco or somebody. A Deco yeah, yeah. or Manpower. But they know about us because we, we get a lot of people from those companies coming to us for, specifically for the culture that we build. So that's really where we spend a lot of our advertising is in, you know, recruiting people into our industry that are uh, really knowledgeable in the staffing field already, but are looking for a better place to work. But yeah, in terms of TikTok, we just started with it. We have, we have a new content writer who is graciously doing all of our TikTok videos because none of us want to be on camera. We're just, we all hate being the ones to be the representative. So she's been doing great candidate focused tips and tricks based off of our blog content. So resume writing or how to, you know, avoid distractions of work and that kind of thing. So a lot of us, a lot of what we do is not paid advertising, but more about just we always say we're a grassroots company. We try to spread the word just based off of doing things right and not necessarily on our spend. I mean, we're an eight person team and there's so many platforms and so many avenues for advertising and for marketing. There's only a limited 
number of things we can do, but we do do a pretty good job. And I, uh, luckily we're, we're, we, we do a great job of getting awards and not paying for them, but truly submitting some great work that gets some notoriety, notoriety natively and not, not because we paid for a giant billboard on the 405 in California or something like that. So we are over time. And so I have one more question and then I have to, to end this, but this has been fabulous. We ask everybody. So Brie, how do you answer when somebody asks you how much you get? I, you know what I would, I would tell them if, if someone asked me straight out and said, how much does that role make? I think it's beneficial to give someone an idea. I think I am fairly compensated for the size of the company and the role that I have with them. And if you, hey, if you want a salary guide, I made that. Connect with me on LinkedIn, I'll get you a salary guide. But yeah, no, I, I, I think that it's fair, completely in line with someone at my size company. I just feel like that there's such a bigger issue than that. And I say that coming from someone who feels fairly played, paid. But number one, what people are looking for is, is, you know, am I going to be fairly compensated yeah. for my time? But I, I, I'm really a big proponent of do what you love and you won't work a day in your life. And I really do feel like that's so much more important. I tell my kids this every time, find your passion and then start focusing on it because I don't feel like I'm, you know, I don't, of course I feel like I'm working. It's, it's, it's always hard work, but it's fun and it's pat and you're passionate about it. So that just, that, that goes so much farther and, you know, really find a company, read those glass door reviews, find somebody that is really promoting their culture first and then work backwards and, and, and see, okay, I love what they're saying about the company. The reviews are great. The position seems really interesting and involved. Okay. How much am I going to get paid for it? And is, is my time worth it of uh, with all those other factors built in and you know, the benefits mean a lot too, you know, so take that into consideration and work-life balance, huge. Make sure that your company is allowing you to have time with your family and not be 8 AM, 5 PM, clock in, clock out, you know, are you meeting your goals while still, you know, enjoying your life. So I, that's how I would answer it. I don't know if that's good enough. <laughs> that was a great answer. And that was lots of great advice. So that's the perfect note to say, thank you so much. And I loved having you anytime you come back. You just let me know, Brie. Thank you. This was fun. I loved it. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to, Hey, I want your job. For more information on how you can get your own awesome job, visit ONH Consulting at www.onhconsulting.com. We offer incredible resumes, no-nonsense career advice, and real-world tips for landing a job in today's market. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta for more insider information. Soon, you'll be hearing us say, I'm Michelle Olivier, and hey, I want your job.